Happy New Year, Avs fans. This episode is brought to you in part by MyBookie. Now, I know this is a hockey podcast, but the Super Bowl is rapidly approaching, and if you're like me, you're going to want to get your football gambling fix in before it's too late. Will the Ravens get the job done, or will the Pats and Tom Brady return to the big dance just to piss everyone off again? I'm sure you have a feeling in your gut, so why not put some money down and try to make some money off of it? Football not your thing? Well, the NHL's back in full swing, so there's still plenty of places to put your money down right now. MyBookie is already one of the most trusted and reputable sportsbooks in the industry and still has the best payouts and better odds than any other sportsbook going. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit with a 50% bonus all the way up to 1000 bucks. That means an extra $50 of free money if you deposit 100 deposit 200 bucks and get an extra 100 You know the deal. Just use the promo code THPN to activate the offer and take advantage of this. You can risk a little or you can risk a lot on as many games as you want. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Also, don't forget to check out the Hockey Podcast Network's fantasy hockey partner, Playline. Right now, if you use the code THPN, you can deposit as little as 5 bucks and get a $20 bonus to play with. Check out the Hockey Podcast Network presents $50,000 Lotto, where you guess how many saves each of seven goalies will have that night for a chance to win $50,000. Also, don't forget to check out the Hockey Podcast Network's fantasy hockey affiliate, Playline. Right now, if you use the code THPN, you can deposit as little as 5 bucks and get a $20 bonus to play with. Plus, you can help support the Hockey Podcast Network. The $50,000 Lotto may be gone, but you can still win in one of the many games on Playline. Whether you want to take a chance on hockey, basketball, or football, there's a game for you. The Hockey Podcast Network has also joined forces with Puffy Mattresses. They're not just any bed-in-a-bag company. These are America's most comfortable mattress, and right now you can get $300 off a new mattress plus a free king-size pillow. Plus, they offer a 101-night sleep trial, so if you're not satisfied with the mattress, you can return it no problem. Also, if you use our link that we will tweet out, after the podcast release, you can help support us and the Hockey Podcast Network. Last but not least today, we have a fantastic deal from Reebok. Just in time for McGregor's big return to the Octagon, Reebok is offering an extra 50% off if you use the code Get Down, no spaces. This would be a perfect time to get yourself some fight merch or maybe some new workout gear. Whatever you're looking for, this code will save you some money. Also, same as with Puffy, if you shop through our link, you can help support us and the Hockey Podcast Network. Again, thanks for tuning in to our growing network of podcasts, and we hope you enjoy the episode. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to Offside by a Mile, the podcast for anything and everything Colorado Avalanche, and the official Avs podcast for the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, normally, my computer has a hard time loading uh, scoring summaries and game summaries, but uh, for some reason today, it just doesn't need to load anything on the Islanders game for oh. Monday. Well, what's the matter? There wasn't there wasn't a very eventful game on Monday? Wait, what happened? What? What? I think I fell asleep. I don't even remember. Oh, man. Seriously. <laughs> um, For those that listened to Monday's episode, we were on fire. Uh, one of those things being on fire was the fact that it wasn't actually our 30th episode. This mm. is our 30th episode. Right. So welcome to the 30th episode of the <laughs> Offside by a Mile podcast. Take two. Yeah. Uh, Jared and myself, Tyler, are in studio. Hello. Hopefully going to just bring the heat today. Oh, yeah. Because the Avalanche did not on Monday night. <laughs> Someone's got to. They were about as good as we were Yeah. on Monday's episode. Yeah, that's about right. You know, just half asleep and not focused. Just they, they wanted to be really nice to their old teammate, you know? I, they just they I wanted so. to make Varley feel at home. You know, just here. Have a shout out, buddy. Do you miss us? Like... <laughs> Just checking checking my notes here. I think he made 
two big saves? Maybe three? Uh, if you're talking about like high quality saves, yeah, there's probably like I think there's three, three or four that I can remember. Um, he didn't have the most dangerous workload, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, you know, that's the Islanders for you. I mean, wouldn't I, it be nice for the Avs to play a hockey game like that? Eliminating the other team that's to not gonna chance happen. like that? No. <laughs> that's not our style. Now, going into Monday night's game, the Avs were the highest scoring team in the NHL. Uh, that generally doesn't come with solid defensive play. Yeah, it's usually kind of a give-take relationship, <laughs> for sure. As Avs fans, we know that the Avs don't have that high-quality defense most nights. It's not really the shutdown, kind of. That being said... If the Avalanche only get scored on one time in a hockey game, they're going to win nine times out of ten. Generally. I mean, it's not like like we played some good defense in that game for sure as well. Um, That's the question, though. That, to me, is the biggest question there. Was it the Avs playing decent defense, or was it the Islanders just not having anything either? It's probably a bit of both. Right? It, it's It's kind of the, you know, the way that they play the game since Barry Trotz took over. Yeah, for sure. It's what it reminded me of in this game was the game against the first game of the year against Arizona. And I was like, they're like first game of the year was against the Flames. I mean, like first game of the year of like the season against gotcha. Arizona. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Um, they play. They're like a polished version of Arizona. That's and they're fair. That's and they're fair. probably the most polished defensive team in the league. Well, that's. They had the lowest goals against in the league last year. They're trying to do it again. Yeah, I mean, like... Are they going to? I don't know, but they're going to be in the mix again. Yeah. Like I said on Monday night, they're coming off the 3-0 loss to the Leafs going into Monday night's game, too. So it's just... Yeah. It's just... It's funny to me. I said this, I think, on Tuesday. The Islanders scored one goal in two games. Yeah. And they won a game. <laughs> yeah, and one Is of them that was not a win. ridiculous. Right, totally. Yeah, they get shut out, then do the shutting of the outing. Yeah. Um, I mean just I there's there's such a solid unit out there. It's it's actually like pretty interesting to see them defend. They just like complement each other so well out there. And it's like a five minute or five minute, five unit like reaction to every kind of play. Well, yeah, I was going to say that's of all the things that didn't happen in the first period for both teams, but especially the Avs, they could not, whether they either could not or they would not go to the middle. Oh, yeah, exactly. I don't think right? the Avs got a single shot in the first period from middle ice. I, yeah, I you're probably not even wrong. And, like, that's exactly how Islanders draw it up. And 100%. And, yeah, you're right, though, because I've seen that a lot in the first period, just, you know, hanging out on the outside. Everything everything just didn't work. Like, it just – we couldn't penetrate the middle, and it, it was ridiculous. Like, it was pretty much the whole game. Like, I mean, and every other chance, every kind of high-quality chance that the Avs could, you know, sneak in someone in the high slot or something and get, like, a decent chance, and Varlamov was right there to shut the door. I mean, his workload wasn't extensive, but when he had to be good, he was good. We're gonna, we're gonna get to it. The one goal Frankie allowed in this game. It's. I I kind of thought about it today before we recorded this. Going into the season, nobody expected the Avs to have goaltending that was gonna win hockey games necessarily. I don't mean that everybody was expecting them to lose games by goaltending either. But nobody was expecting Grubauer to play the Carey Price of old or Frankie to play like Vasilevsky or anything like that. Nobody was foolish enough to think that. But for some reason to me, it seems like that's what people are expecting now. Right. And that's kind of my... Because I saw that tweet and it was like, oh, I should have had that one. Which is not wrong. But you know how many he should have not had that he did have. And at the same game? at the same time, if you look at that goal, I even spoke too soon as well. Um, it's a nice tip. 
it's actually a pretty nice tip and you know it's like a good it's a good change of direction like isn't this one the two one meters in front of them isn't this the one that went over the block sort of yeah yeah exactly well like there was i didn't think it deflected oh yeah i'm i'm pretty sure it does here well i'm pulling it up right now okay i'm pretty sure because i watched the replay the recap after and he gets a stick on it no it's just, there's no stick it's it's just straight around um graves i think um is that graves i can't remember it's just it's just a two on one shot and goes through the block and it's it's a tough one for Frankie for sure. Yeah. Cause there's the one there's one from the Rangers game that I think you might be talking about. Oh, uh, maybe I'm mixing up again. Uh but this is it's just this is a unfortunate one for Frankie. It doesn't look great because of the way it goes in. But when you're sitting there what am I doing? Um when you're when you're sitting there watching it happen, you're like, oh, Frankie, like under the glove, doesn't look good at all. But yeah, it was Graves. Graves is right. the one defenseman back. He goes down for that half block thing, and the puck goes right between his ass and his heel. Right, right, right. And basically, what he does with that block is takes Frankie's eyes completely away from the release, which I've said before is huge for the goalie to pick up the puck. And then, especially those ones that are, like, underneath your hands, if you don't pick that up off the release, you have no idea how high that's going to end up. Right. This is what I meant. Yeah, I was getting confused. I was totally thinking about Rangers the one game. Rangers goal. <clears throat> but also this goal, too. I did relook at this goal. I just got it mixed up. This goes off Graves' ass. It doesn't hit him, I don't think. I'm pretty sure it does because we they looked at it slow-mo, I remember, after the game. And Frankie has it. He has it in his like in his glove. He's got like the the angle, and then it gets tipped, and Frankie has no time to even react, and it dips underneath his glove, and it's like, yeah, Graves there. It's like you gotta commit to the. You're yeah, you're trying to do the right thing, but it's the old like when you hesitate and you go halfway, it generally fucks shit up. Yeah, if you go halfway on a block, it's usually not. Uh, maybe it does well. get it a little bit, but it's still regardless of whether it hits him or not. It's just it's. It's such a it's such a hard shot to read on the just to be to begin with because oh, totally. of the fact that you don't see the release point. Right. But again, there's there's there there was I think a shot or two in the first that's all Frankie. Like he definitely keeps him off the board. Mm-hmm. Uh there's I think uh where was it? Oh, yeah, it was like five minutes, not even four minutes into the period. Pollock, the Avs just like, I don't know what the hell happened. Landy gets beat at the point. I think it was on the power play. Uh, maybe not. Regardless, Pollock skates away from Landeskog, and rather than Landeskog taking a couple of strides to catch him, he just lets him go, and all of a sudden the seas part, and Pollock just gets the walk straight in on Frankie, absolutely unopposed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big save by Frankie. It's still 0-0. I mean, he had a good game in this game for sure. Like, he let in one goal. Yeah. It's well, that's on, it. like, like, a not not an easy shot to, no. like you said, and not it's, an easy, the thing easy is, shot right, to save. I, I, I think everybody is super – I'd say Av's Twitter right now is the equivalent of that hockey player that's on a cold streak that's gripping a stick too tight. Everybody is just so ready to jump on the goalies. Yeah. and Just so ready to jump on the goalies. Totally. And that's the first thing I saw was, oh, should have had that one. Yeah. God. I Yeah, you saw it everywhere after that goal. And also, just to kind of play on that, exactly, like, what are we expecting slash what do you think we're supposed to do about this? Like, are we supposed to go out and trade for, like, a big-name goalie or something? Is this what these fan, like, well, that's the fans next thing want? Too. Yeah, right. Or, like... like did you expect Frankie and Gruby to be like you said, like a Price and a Vasilevsky or something? Yeah, like it's like Vesna Vasilevsky or like yeah, Ben like, Bishop that was Vesna candidate last year. Like that's not the case. We know who we have here, and they're definitely serviceable. Look at their numbers; even they're good, decent numbers. Yeah, 
They're not Especially brutal. Frankie's numbers. Yeah, Frankie's, like, really good. And, like, I, I don't even know exactly. Like, what are you expecting? And, but, like, who do you think we but have? But, again, right, That he goes, what is it, uh, I don't know, 45 minutes or whatever into this game without a goal against? Yeah. And then like a tricky one like that, like I yeah. don't, I don't know how you fault him too much on that. If anybody, if there's anybody to blame on that, it's Graves. Well, I don't even know if it's Graves, and it's not really like you can't really there's, blame him too well, much. Well, first of all, you can't blame. Well, sorry, you can't put all the blame on the defenseman that's playing a two on one, because there's a two on one. Mm-hmm. Somebody else fucked up. Yeah, exactly. It got somebody screwed up, so it got to that. You point. can say he maybe didn't play that two on one properly. Yeah, you can maybe say Frankie should have had it. I think you're wrong. Uh, but whoever it was, and I haven't watched it. I guess I could watch it again. But I didn't. I didn't look to pinpoint the guy that created the two on one. Right, and nobody does. No, Unless that's the maybe. problem. Is nobody does look at that, and it always falls on the shoulders of the goaltender. Last Always. line of defense. Well, it's one of those things, point. right? It's that, and it's like, well, if he made that save, then if he makes that save, then nobody's thinking about this goal. Yeah. And I guess, so now looking at it, technically it's chance. not a two-on-one. Technically, it's a three-on-two, and Ian Cole has his man at, you know, the far dot. Mm-hmm. So if we want to give a defenseman shit here, it's Ian Cole. Because I don't know why you feel like you need to cover the guy at the far dot when it's a two-on-one in front of you. Yeah. But, again, I'm not looking to point fingers on this goal necessarily. I just want people to realize that, like, you just got to chill on the goalie stuff here. Seriously. <laughs> Back to the Pollock chance, though, that was probably the most exciting 20 seconds of this whole hockey game. Oh, God, yeah. Because Pollock gets that chance. Frankie makes the save. And then the Avs take it down for a two-on-one, and Varley makes one of his huge stops of the game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just absolutely huge robbery on that one. Mm-hmm. I believe, well, it was Graves. Right, yeah. The Donskoy pass. It was right. a two-on-one. Donskoy, f- that was a weird pass. Honestly, when he let that go, like when Donskoy let that pass go, I was like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And then it was beautiful, and then Varley just gets the toe out, and it's a gorgeous stop. Yeah. But then, you know, it's one of those things, right? It's it's that play. It's the offside goal play, which was what, 250 or something? Right. No. That was Oh, no, sorry, 7 7 and a half minutes left in the period, I think. The offside challenge happened, which was 20 seconds after the goal, I think. Yeah, if that would have changed everything. These are frustrating as fuck. Oh, totally. We don't have to say this. Like, you all know. <laughs> we all know our woes with the blue line. The problem with this is it's offside. And it is. It's No, it's crazy to it's me. It's a ballsy challenge. Ooh, yeah. Like, totally. that is the biggest stones I've seen this year. Well, that's like, that's what I mean. Like, that got reviewed so quick, too. And I was like, whoa. Whoa. How did that how did they find out that quick? But you do. You, but you look at the replay. The thing is, yeah, the thing is, and I saw like a million tweets. It's like, tell me exactly where that puck is. Okay. Look. The puck, it. because of the way the <laughs> puck is flipping in the air, you see it shine every, you know, like half turn. It yeah. shines, shine, shine. It's like, exactly. that's not a person's glasses in the stands. And it was like a foot. Yeah. So like, and that, it that's, wasn't hard. It wasn't like splitting hairs. Well, know, that's like, the thing, right? Like you can see the puck. You can see clearly where the puck is up there. And then you can clearly see when Burakovsky goes in the zone. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, too, because Berkey. <sighs> it's unfortunate because, like, it's a nice – it would have been nice for Z to yeah. have a goal for yeah. that. Like, just a whole bunch of stuff. And it's right, just it like, was Big Z who yeah, shot it Big in. Z's the one that scored. And then you could see after that he was like, ooh, I kind of got a goal, and he kept trying to kind of shoot a little bit. Yeah, right. Like, it's, oh, yeah. It's, it was unfortunate. It, it's just – man – it sucks to have like for me. We'll talk. We talked about this a million times. The whole reason, the whole reason this podcast has a name, <laughs> the whole reason uh, offside reviews exist is to stop the egregious offsides. Totally. This is not an egregious offside. This doesn't affect the goal. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. Like if you're gonna look at it overall. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like in in the grand scheme. Like okay. 
It's, it goes back to the beginning. If they didn't enter the zone cleanly, they wouldn't have had this chance. In yeah. theory. But in theory, like, you know, anything could anything could happen. Unless it's a rush chance, the offside doesn't affect it. Because really, if you're off, what's the point of offsides? To stop a, the big cherry pickers, basically. Yeah, to stop like the initial entry. Yeah, yeah, to stop a guy from getting like an incredibly easy rush to the net, or just like to be behind the defense, right? Yeah, that's the point. So it's like if it's not a rush chance and you're not ahead of the play, yeah, it's the worst. Then offsides don't really create or change anything. Yeah, right. Like think about part Unless of the reason you're like passing to somebody on the goal line. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> like, right so it's, it's like, like but generally speaking that's not an offside issue like that's the puck coming out like in the rangers game yeah that offside weird thing that happened that saved grubauer a goal against which mm-hmm. was nice um like those are so rare mm-hmm. and that line's been crushed it yeah that is such a good yeah, call. We'll get to that, but that was insane, <laughs> man. What eyes he has! <laughs> like, this is the thing with the line. This is the thing with offside reviews, though, that has come up since it's been a thing. Linesmen are really good at their job. Oh man, they are not wrong very often. They are really good at their job. Um, the only bone I have to pick with the linesmen, and it's in both these games, which is weird, but. It was more so in this Islanders game. There was like three missed icing calls in this oh, game. Oh, yeah. I saw you tweet that. <laughs> and like they missed another one in the Rangers game, which blew my mind. It was later in the game. But it's like, to me, that's unsafe. Like some of the yeah. icing calls that they're calling off are straight up unsafe and why we got rid of racing to the line. And This is the problem with like, the way hybrid icing works. Because the whole point of getting rid of the race to the puck behind the net is because guys are breaking ankles, blowing out knees, all that kind of crap. Mm -hmm. Well, the problem with racing to a different spot on the ice, especially the hash marks, is if it's not close, or like, sorry, if it's close, but it's a waveable icing, that race is still happening. Oh, yeah. Right, like if if the offensive guy is a half a stride ahead of the defenseman and they're side by side, that race is still happening in the inboards. That potential for injury is still there. Yeah. Obviously, I don't want to see like the again. It's just like the offside. If it's obvious that the guy is going to get to the puck, obviously I don't want to see that blown down. That's annoying. That's the worst part about automatic icing. Yeah. The worst. For sure. But at the same time, like how many times does a guy race out on ice, like race out on icing and create offense? Once in a while, for sure, but yeah. not often. Yeah. That being said, like, you talk about, like, missing icing calls and stuff, and it's just, like, it's frustrating, for sure. I didn't, I don't remember these ones you're talking about. I um, don't remember exact instances. I just remember it really made me mad. And there was Were one... they races, or were they, like, yeah, just race... weird wave-offs? Like, for sure, weird wave-offs and races, and, like, clearly beating people, and then getting called and then man just bad officiating in my opinion and it's just like when when you got like two people going that fast it's like you gotta you gotta blow it down especially when it's clearly icing yeah <laughs> like, it, I, I don't know it's a struggle it's also a struggle because to me i find a lot of what linesman's jobs are fans don't care about like when it comes to face-offs and stuff, fans don't care. They just don't want to watch guys get kicked out. Mm, yeah, that's it. They don't care about icings. They just don't want to watch guys get hurt, and they also don't want their team to lose because of a shitty icing call. Yeah, right or lack thereof. Call. Offsides are a little different because they're generally like impactful, but at the same time, it's like plays like Bur- the Burakovsky offside, taking Zadorovs off the ice or off the board. It's just like. Uh, people would just rather see that not worried about because they want their team to score, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The lines get a shitty end of the deal. Well, refs on the whole, as a whole, get a shitty end of the deal. Yeah, for sure. Uh, back to the hockey game that was so thrilling. <laughs> it's just definitely most boring game of the year. Gotta say, yeah, that. for sure. I was legit like 
I was kind of tired watching this game, and I was almost falling asleep in that second period, I gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess, you know, that's exactly the way the Isles want it. If they want to put their opponent to sleep, they're they're doing it. And that was the kind of the theme of this game the whole time was just Avalanche getting frustrated and can't score. And that happens every once in a while to the Avalanche. And when we get frustrated, we can't make anything happen. Well, that, yeah, right, for sure. Like, we can't make any kind of play, any kind of pass. Like, the third period, it just kind of faded away. Well, that's, like, so we I was, was going to say score. that. Basically, they, to me, they had two chances in the third, basically. Maybe three. Uh, 12.30, they had the chance, I think. Graves, I think, won five hole. My writing is pretty solid. Okay. Uh, 9.42, Landy tried to, like, tuck it around Varlamo's leg. Right, which that was, was a crazy man, good save, dude. The fact that he kept that, like, his foot on the post. That's an anchor. That is insane. Yeah. I was impressed with that. So nice. And like, I was like, I think like when it first initially happened, I'm like, I think Landy had a pretty good whack at it there. Yeah. And like, you see the replay and it's just stuck in between the post and his pad and under his skate. It's like, wow, Varley. And then there was that play with McKinnon in front of the net where McCarr shoots it on net and McKinnon like stopped it and tried to like pull it back and tuck it in over Lomov. Right. But that was a four and a half minutes to go. That one. They pulled their goalie between between that chance and the time they pulled their goal or the end of the game. They pulled their goalie and did nothing. Like yeah. the last four and a half minutes of that game, crickets. Yeah, which is exactly what the Islanders want. It's yep. the exact, it's the ex- exact old school style game they they play that they want to play. Yeah. So I'm not surprised. This like, you want to talk about like the Avs playing decent defense and whether it was avalanche related or like avalanche caused or islanders caused mm-hmm. same can be said about this last five four and a half minutes was it avalanche caused or was it islanders caused i think that's 100 percent on the islanders just absolutely clogging up neutrals on ice oh yeah absolutely clogging up everything every chance the islanders are saying no nah. yeah nope not today and so good at even just like a tiny four check and then just such a solid like offensive kind of checking at their at their blue line yeah. and it totally takes out it's gonna take out a lot of offenses this year and it already has and they just keep going with that same play style one thing that did happen in this game though the avalanche did not get scored on while an empty net was available oh yeah it's amazing bravo lads bravo <laughs> until the next game until the next game but when, it is a wow. common it's a common occurrence though every time we pull our goalie it's the there's no urgency. Baby steps, boys. Baby steps. Yeah. One day we'll score with an empty net. One day. Maybe. Hopefully. Yeah, we're still due for our third period comeback, so. Yeah. Maybe someday sure. it'll happen. For sure. Got a 50-50 that third period up soon. Yeah. Uh, Enough of that. Tuesday night's game. Rangers. Back-to-back. Yeah. Uh, seeing a brand new NHL tender. Yeah, Mr. Rookie. What was his name? Shesterkin. Shesterkin. Uh, first of all, it was really fun trying to listen to Mike Milbury say Shesterkin <laughs> all night. He messed that up so many yeah, times. Yeah, he did. He really did. <laughs> I also really enjoyed the fact that Mr. Super Great at uh, Evaluating Talent decided he was going to evaluate the talent on Shesterkin like 20 minutes into that game. What? He was just like chirping him like, Oh, he doesn't. He doesn't look very comfortable. He doesn't oh, look like. Right. He doesn't look like the next coming. I'm like, dude, it's his like first period in the NHL. Can right. you relax? Yeah, and it's funny because I remember that comment, and then about three minutes after that, robbed Landy. I think, oh yeah, right? just started robbing people. <laughs> and they're like, oh okay. I'm just like it's coming along now, Mike. You're such an idiot. <laughs> like you're such an idiot. Yeah. So, Shesterkin. So he what he has like the best goals against I think in the AHL. Played in the KHL, 24 years old, I think. Um, this Could was be. also Nate's 500th career game. Right. Which was big milestone, obviously. Yeah, that's um, huge. He had a big game. Got to say that. He 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 was the only Av. Okay, JT Comfort had two goals. McKinnon was the only one that was trying to do anything. Uh, like, he was 
the one giving the most effort. I don't think that's a change from most no, games. It's not. Uh, we're pretty much used to that now. Yeah, but for sure. You're definitely right. Most people, <clears throat> most players on the Avs were just like the Cadre line had a few good shifts. Obviously, Comfer had some good shifts too. Like his second goal was him, basically. Oh yeah, Comfer had a really good game. Right, but it's like most of he the time. he can't drive the play. Yeah, you need it to be Ranton and Landeskog. Makar, yeah, potentially Kadri too, but Makar, man, since he, like, and I understand he got injured. It, that changes things a lot. Mm-hmm. But he's been bad. Like for his standards, he's been bad. Yeah, and I don't think he'd argue he'd argue that either. You know, no. um, definitely defensively, he's. I don't know. I got him circled on here for one for sure. I don't know if I want to say he's taken a step back, but he's definitely not as focused and just getting getting lost, it seems like, and just losing his man. I don't know. Um, but, you know, the whole... I'm sure we'll get there in a bit here, but the whole Donskoy thing and Kadri getting booted for 12 minutes or whatever. 17. Yeah, Definitely did not help. No. Because that takes out two of your, you know, pretty much second liners. Yeah. Which lines just went to hell after that. It's hard, <laughs> it's it's hard like, to expect your depth to score when two-thirds of them are gone. Yeah. That was rough. That was really rough. So, five minutes roughly into the game, 444, I think it is. Uh, JT Comfort. Another tip-in. Yeah. Him and I think, who else was in front? I think there was two of them there. I can't remember who the second guy was, but shot in from Gerard off conference in. Yeah. Then less than two minutes later, Nathan McKinnon, perfect little turnover just right. inside the blue line for a breakaway. Yeah. So good. Right as, uh, right as the NBC crew is, uh, uh, commending Fox as being just, just a great young D man just gives it right up <laughs> to McKinnon and McKinnon just pays Oh, he just makes a pay. Forehand, backhand, five hole. In yeah. That. You know, on a rookie D-man and then on a rookie goalie, he really woke them up into the yeah. NHL right Well, there. and, yeah, it's like that could have changed the game. This is why, like, Milbury has just got to chill. It's just kind of kind of like Avs Twitter. <laughs> you just got to chill when you're talking with goalies, man. They're yeah. crazy, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, it, it's – it's such a hard position that you just got to, like, sometimes... Man, they make one mistake, it's in the back of the net. Yeah, exactly, right? Right, and like, I'm not saying this is Shesterkin's mistake. Like, mm-hmm. the, it's McKinnon coming on you one-on-one. Yeah, not much. But it's, like, two two goals in your first six and a half minutes of NHL experience. It's rough. Feels good. It's rough. God, that would suck. Yeah, and, you know, talk about nerves, man. Yeah. Can you imagine getting scored on twice that early? Now you're really nervous. Yeah, now you're freaking out. Now, Yeah, now you're freaking you're out. You're like, one more and I'm out of this game. Oh, shit, King's going to be in here soon. Yeah, cause... right? Like, literally, if he gets one more in that first 10 minutes, he's oh, yeah. out. Yeah, Guaranteed. Lundqvist probably would have come in after that. But and... the Avs take a crappy penalty. Yeah. Uh, they go on the penalty kill and surprise, surprise. Like, like right away. Yeah, like... <laughs> Right away. Yeah, what, how long is it? 8.57 was the goal. 8.42, so 15 seconds? Yeah. High-quality penalty count. Sounds about right. Yeah, uh, that was kind of rough, and, like, it was a nice tip by Kreider. Uh, but did you notice what what he, what he what, uh, what kind of pressure that Chris Kreider had on him there? Oh, it's just just loads of pressure, dude. Literally a quarter of the zone. <laughs> yeah, he had quite a bit of space to do what he wanted. Right? And it's just like... Uh, okay, that should be... I believe. Yeah, that was Ryan Graves' man, quote-unquote. But he had to go attack the point guy who took the shot. That would be Strom. Mm-hmm. And... Again, I'm not going to act like I've never said this before, but if Ryan Strom would have got all kinds of time just to walk in with that and sniped it shelf, I'd have been pissed that he was wide open too. Yeah. So Graves made the choice of going at the puck carrier, forcing Chris Kreider to have to make a tip to score. And he did, and it goes in. And it's unfortunate because this one goes five-hole on Gruby, mm-hmm. which is a really weird one in this case. But, uh, like... 
Like, he should have had it. I think he, he probably should have just stayed butterfly and just slid across kind of into Kreider. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if Kreider somehow manages to stop that puck and Gruby's still sliding across the net, he's got now the whole net wide open to just pot it. Right. Right? And it's... I, I think that... Well, it's... Watch both of them. Gruby and Frankie... When they're sliding with the butterfly, they just automatically, when they get to the edge of the crease, they lift that leg to stop. For sure. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And it's exactly what every goalie does in the NHL. Because you don't want to slide out of the net. It makes you look dumb. Well, yeah, exactly. And it puts you out of position, obviously. Right? So it's like, if he would have kept doing that, Kreider would have stopped it and then tucked it in. It's like, well, it's still goal. It, it's looks, just, it looks bad, too. It doesn't look right? good. But at the same time, leaving a guy wide open... And it's not yeah, like what's, you, what looks worse. It's not like you're leaving the backdoor guy wide open. That's yeah. hit that side of the ice. Like I don't know why there's three abs on the opposite side of the puck. Yeah, just kind of got lost. You and just, maybe it, Johnson well, could it, have been over, and then a winger came back. Well, you I look don't at know. like you look at Graves and the way he plays this. He looks like he overpressures Strom by like you know chasing him up to the point. Mm-hmm. Well, the only reason he had to do that was because. The winger that was supposed to be there did the same thing on the other side of the ice. Right. So it's like you can blame Graves on this one, but you should really blame the other guy. And honestly, that's kind of I don't know if that's kind of a systematic error, but I've seen that on quite a few penalty kills. I know it's not just the abs. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have to say, I think Belly and uh, Calvert do a pretty good job of it, but they do like the kind of alternating high guy, you know, and then the high guys chasing. And then once they get down low, then the other guy becomes the high guy and starts chasing. But the problem with that is you got to be really on the same page. Well, once you mess it up once, you're screwed. Right. Because once one person's caught out of position, they're both high or something now. That's what happens right there. So It's brutal. And it's, I'm sure, like Bednar's trying to fix the PK. I'm sure they're trying other things. You'd you'd hope so, but man, <laughs> it's frustrating when it's just PK after PK. That puck is in the net. It's just the the fact of the matter is you can't get scored on every single game. Yeah, shorthanded. Like sometimes you gotta be able to stop. Well, unless everyone. you guys like, unless we plan on taking six penalties a game, you're not gonna fix the penalty kill stat, right? If you're getting scored on every game, it's yeah. not gonna happen. Like because even one for three, like I don't know how many times in a row it's been like one for three yeah. that we're getting scored on. It's, That's still a sixty-seven percent penalty kill. Yeah, awesome. A, th- a third of the time we're getting scored on. That's what you're telling me. It can't happen. It legit can't happen. We got to be able to stop three in one game. If we're only taking three penalties, I'd say that's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, you know, what's what's the word I'm looking for? I'd say it's Jeez. average uh, or disciplined. Disciplined, Jeez. sure. Pretty pretty disciplined. You know, you probably want to have less than three sometimes. Yeah. Well, especially in this particular game where one of those is what I would call a good penalty. Yeah. Sticking up for your teammate. Right. Right? So it's like only two of those yeah. are like the bad stick penalties or whatever, right? Just like a out-of-position penalty. Like I think McCarr's was a trip, right? Yeah. That was not oh no McCarr's high stick sorry oh right and he yeah oh yeah that was the weird one catches him in like the collarbone yeah. kind of just like it's like a almost like a man I can't think for words today spear Jeez. J- Jared's English is da- killing da- it today Junior Jesus anyway um but yeah that hit on Donskoy yeah so that was later on that was almost the end of the first yeah okay i was trying to remember minute and a half left or two minutes left yeah 16 23 yeah there you go three and a half uh Uh, yeah as we saw today no supplemental diff (laughs) 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 oh really (laughs) go ahead tyler (laughs) the department of player safety Decided to hand down no extra supplemental discipline. That's the words Jared was looking for. <laughs> Those are the ones. Those are the ones. I am 0% surprised. Uh, I, yeah. I, I thought at best he was going to get fined. At best. Yeah. This is not a play the NHL likes to suspend. I don't think it's a play any of us want to see suspended either. Nah, like, because... He lined up Don Skoy... Perfectly. That's a great hit. He didn't chicken wing. He didn't jump. He didn't do anything Man. bad except for be taller than Don Squoy. 
He's a big boy, Don, like He's a big boy, but Don's quite carrying the puck, so he's naturally hunched over and he's a little leaning bit. a bit, yeah. He's leaning over. Exactly. That's why his head gets smoked. Yeah. But he hits him directly dead center. Yeah. It's a, it's a crushing right? hit. And it's the way the Department of Player Safety uh, called it, was it was unavoidable. Yeah. Well, like unavoidable head contact. Yeah, right? which I don't. I disagree with that comment. Yeah, it's kind of. A he way. could come in and be a lot more crouched, and line up. As annoying as it is to hear, that's exactly what minor hockey tells kids. Right. Because the in bantam, when you're 13 years old, there's one kid that's six feet tall, and there's another kid that's four and a half. Yep. Jared Me. was this. Yep. Jared was the shorty, <laughs> getting absolutely demolished getting, by kids. Getting pwned. And yeah. as a referee, you're taught to call the head contact regardless. Like, this is a head contact. Like, this is probably a five in minor hockey mm. because it's still on the own. It's still the hitter's responsibility to not hit him in the head. Right. In minor hockey. So, at least in Canada. But at the same time, in the NHL, I don't believe that getting a penalty for being bigger and stronger than the guy should be a well, thing. And just, you know, that was a just perfect setup. He well, he had that hit and he what's knew his, what he was doing. And he there's no malicious. I can't remember who anything. it was that was in the middle of the ice that prevented Donskoy from going to the middle, but he funneled him into that right. hit so hard. Oh yeah. That yeah. was a that was a one guy hitting Donskoy but a two person combination. Oh yeah, for sure. I feel bad. I, I really hope Donskoy's okay because, yikes. He got dude. rocked. And I am not surprised he didn't come back to that game. Oh, that's not surprising That being said, the one one of the few good things that came out of these two games that yeah. we saw Monday and Tuesday was Kadri absolutely destroying Lindgren. Oh, man, did he just, <laughs> oh, he effed him right up. I don't think I've seen Nazem Kadri fight like that ever in my life. And I'm a Leafs fan and used to watch him all the time. Yeah, I was pretty stoked about that. Just every everything about that event for Kadri, because he just did not did not hesitate. No, came right in. He just drops the glove. Yep. Let's go, bud. Starts feeding him, and he beat the crap out of that dude. And right, and it's <laughs> again, I talk about the fact that I don't think I think this is a suspendable play. I don't. I don't want it to be. It probably like will the, be the hit. Yeah, it probably yeah. will be in our lifetime, guaranteed. Yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't really surprise me. Um, that being said, I love the fact that Kadri stuck up for his teammate. Yeah. I love that. Because at the same time, as some people are going to say, uh, you can't just fight someone for a big hit, this is a little bit different, okay? This is so fringe. Because the dude freaking, like, sure, there might not have been intent to injure or something, yeah. but... Pretty much, dude. He made, he made <laughs> right? sure he destroyed him. Like he's coming into freaking level Donskoy. Yeah. So you're going to get punched in the face for that. Yeah. Because you're, you're not allowed to do that against us, okay? Well, it's just, that's, it, that's the whole thing, right? They they say, like, the fighting is the deterrent. It It's not the same as it used to be, but it, it it's kind of the whole think twice thing. And right. I guarantee you Ryan Lindgren is going to think twice after getting his noodle sliced right. open and an upper body injury to take him out of the game. And, you know, I think, like, this is going to let the league know as well that the Avs aren't ones that you can push around. And we've got other guys like Calvert, who's already done it this year. Big Z's not as scared right now. He's got his bubble <laughs> on, so he can't really do much. Belmar, I guarantee you jump in. Right. So, like, I just like the fact that everybody's got their backs on this team. Now it's just nice to see. Yep. Uh, before the end of the first, I believe it was right after this. Oh, I guess it was right before this hit. Right? 15-23. Oh, right. Zabanajad, his uh, first. Actually, I think he only got the one. Yeah. Yeah, he only had one goal, yeah. Um, That was the. Pretty sure that was the really nice goal, wasn't it? Uh, This was another tip. Uh, well. It's it's not quite the same tip as usual. It's kind of like a chip in over Grubauer. This one is the one I had circled on for Makar. He literally just is not strong enough on Zabinajad. Zabinajad breaks free right. on the shot and just chips it over Grubauer. Yeah. A Zabinajad's got body position and he's in between the puck and Grubauer and Makar. 
And McKinnon's not hard, or sorry, McCarr's not hard enough on him to take his stick away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's two-two by the end of the first. And McCarr right? knew after that one too yep. that he uh, he kind of blew it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, second period, Avs get a quick uh, power play to start the period. Howden interfered with Ian Cole, which that's a mistake. I don't know why you bother with Ian Cole, but <laughs> <clears throat> I'm sorry, that's mean. <laughs> but while on the power play, the worst two-on-one ever. Like, there's the turnover in the high slot, and it wasn't a fast turnover. It wasn't like they picked off a pass. It was the puck kind of got forced in there, and I can't remember who it was. <clears throat> that was it, like the Av that turned the puck over. But they fought over it for about a second or two. And McKinnon and McCarr are your two highest guys. Both of them get caught flat-footed when the Rangers come out with the puck. Automatic two-on-one because they're ahead of McKinnon. And then McCarr almost gets beat and almost like almost blows a wheel at like the top of his own circles to almost start a 2 on all. And the only reason it's not 3-2 on a shorty for the Rangers is because the Rangers missed the net. Right. And it's just like, are you guys for serious? Like, the power play is bad. I, I'm. This is not new for like ninety percent of the power plays. Yeah, the, like the power play has been bad for a month. Yeah, plus with with flashes of good. Yeah, and you're gonna give away a two on one, almost a two on all like this, right? Seriously? Yeah, it's never a good look to the puck be going back down the other way. And again. I don't know what McKinnon's doing there watching that play because he doesn't go in to help. He just stands there and watches the turnover happen Mm -hmm. rather than either A, going to help his guy and try and win that puck battle because that would have been okay. If he would have tried to win that puck battle and it turns into a two-on-one, I'm a little bit happier because you're at least on a power play. You're trying to keep possession. Plus, it gives other people a chance. Or B, he could have backed off and played defense with Kale McCarr. Yeah. He did neither... And just stood there and watched it happen in no man's land. And mm-hmm. then it's a two-on-one, and Makar's flat-footed too. Again, Makar's flat-footed because he's, he's trying to keep the blue line, so he's trying to stay on the blue line rather than backing off so the two-on-one can just happen. Mm-hmm. But it almost hurts him because Zabinijad is flying up the ice and blows by him. Right. And it's just, man, like when your power play is not doing stuff, you cannot get scored on shorty. You <laughs> totally. can't. That'll kill everything. Yeah. So, uh, luckily, it's not 3-2, but it ends up 3-2, like, four minutes later. No, I guess this is eight minutes later. Uh, Eight minutes left in the period, I believe. Yeah. Another bomb. This one is another one where I saw it on Twitter, where people were bitching and moaning about Grubauer this time. It's another, like, two- or three-level screen. On your goalie. Again, a reminder, Philip Grubauer is not a giant. <laughs> yeah. He can't just do what Ben Bishop does and just go down in the butterfly and hope it hits him. Right. He has to try and figure out where the puck is. He guessed wrong on this one. Guessed right. Like, he guessed to the right of him. Mm-hmm. Slides butter or sli- slides blocker side. Puck goes glove side into the wide open net. Yeah. Uh, this is a weird one because... Kale McCarr is trying to help Grubauer with the screen, but then there's an Av that's high slot. Yeah, and then there's Going a Ranger. A block. Yeah, and then there's a Ranger at like the hash marks or maybe a little closer to Grubauer. Yeah. So those two guys are in the lane permanently, mm-hmm. and then you have Kale McCarr and the other Ranger sweeping right in sweep front of right it right in front of them yeah. as the shot comes. Yeah. Good luck trying to see the shot. Good luck trying to pick up where it's going. And that's like a, it's a very like characteristic attack of the Rangers. I noticed in this game, it's a very a characteristic number... attack from a team without skill. Period. Well, yeah, that's true. Is yeah, it, create a cycle, create space for your D men, pump it back to the D, get to the front of the net, point shot, deflections, screens, rebounds. Yeah, that's basically you know. Bread and butter of the game, the meat of the game, if you will, and they just 
that's what they do. And it works. You know, when you get three, four levels of screen, plus, you know, anything, if that puck doesn't go in initially, there's going to be a rebound usually because he's screened to hell. Yeah. Not very much control. It's just, it's a good way to attack when, yeah, like you said, you don't have much skill. I thought, you know, Panarin played like a beast in this game. Always. He's amazing. Dude, he is earning every dime of that contract right now. Oh, 100%. Like, he's worth it. And he's one of the best players in the league, that guy. For sure. He's quicker than I thought, honestly. Mm -hmm. I noticed his wheels in this game, and I'm like, I did not know Panarin was that quick. No. It's like, okay. Uh, I am special. This was eight minutes into the period. Mm. So I take notes on the clock. Right. The NHL I know, does right? it the opposite way. I've had to do it the opposite way now, too. I I know exactly <sighs> what you're doing. My brain hurts. Through. I'm like, <laughs> my book says 12 minutes. This says 8 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. 12 minutes left. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's 3-2. Eight and a half minutes left in the period. Uh, Comfort ties it up with his second of the night. All right. This play is the one I was talking about earlier where mm-hmm. Comfort is beast on this play. Oh, yeah. He starts the turnover behind the net. Pops himself out in the back. Like, it, it looks like he's in the right place at the right time. Like, it looks like it, the puck just ends up there. Right. But then you watch it again, and you're like, man, he goes in there, creates havoc in the behind the net, gets it to Burkowski. Burkowski comes out front and just, it's like a give and go around the net. Yeah. And, like, yeah. <clears throat> he and went perfect. He, he definitely had the right positioning in this game. I think I've noticed that over the last little bit, although, you know, there's been games where no one's really played that well, but I feel like Confer's coming around here, mm-hmm. and I've just I've been looking for like him and Jost to be doing more. So it was good to see him get two goals, and that yeah. was a beautiful goal by him. And that's kind of like a characteristic goal of him is just like getting to the dirty areas, making Working stuff man. happen. Working man goal yeah. every time, and he's got good little hands, you know, in front of that net. So, but as usual with this game and what seems like the last couple of weeks the avs can't hold the lead or mm. sorry hold the game close yeah and ryan storms ryan storm ryan storms ryan strom <laughs> scores 2 minutes later yeah on a play where kind of mentioned him earlier but ian cole absolutely forgets to play defense yeah that's that happens to him <laughs> <laughs> that definitely oh, happens to him man yeah, yeah. This one was just, just absolutely leaves Ryan Strom back door, no problem. Tap I remember, in. I remember yelling at him at my TV after this one. But see, like, this is just like, this whole game just went to crap. Like it was, it was so good at the start. We're up two nothing in this yeah. game. How did this happen? We're we're starting to get hemmed in by the Rangers at this point. And they're outplaying us, pure and simple. Yeah, the the amount of times they had like a solid ten seconds of line or zone time. Yeah, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it started to get frustrating because you're watching this Avs team that's playing well underneath their level, even from earlier in the game. Yeah, and it's just a headache. It's like why you're pulling out your hair trying to figure out where did it go. Where did it all go wrong? Well, so this is 4-3. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to say about the third? Because I don't. About the third period? Uh, what I got here is Avalanche just getting outplayed. Just not <laughs> dangerous enough. Hmm. That's my that's my notes, yeah. basically. I watched the third, and I have nothing. Yeah, because it was... That's what I mean. That's It was like... I think you tweeted it best about it, and you said... Right. The Avs are playing like a bunch of individuals individuals, and not playing as a team. That is exactly what the third period looked like. Oh, man. How many times do you see someone pulling an extra move and, and it's just like... We've given props to McKinnon for this because he kind of like pulls the team along and like gets them out of the rough patch of the game. Mm-hmm. You have the net empty and Nathan McKinnon is going one on four to yeah. get in the zone. Right. Turns it over. Nobody pressures Panarin, and he shoots in a 125-foot empty netter. He just has so much time. He looks right at the net. He's like, okay, uh, yep, that should be in. Remember yep. how we got That's excited it. about Randon's empty netter? Yeah. Same. Yeah. Just 50 feet farther. Yeah. <laughs> just had to one-up him. But right. it's just like... 
exactly. And that happened in multiple times. I've seen Kadri do it once where it's just like too many moves in front. I can't remember. I think it was McKinnon who's wide open, ready for a freaking one-timer. And Kadri's coming from the right face-off dot and just makes all these moves trying to get through two guys. Meanwhile, McKinnon's wide open, ready for a one-timer, but no. And then everything is just, you know, negated by, I think it was like a stick or whatever. It's just multiple times in this game, people just trying to do too much themselves. And I don't know why, because there's so many games this year where you see like the avalanche offense and like the connectivity. We were so disconnected in this game. Yeah. Like after the first, whatever, 10 minutes, it was just nobody. There's no cohesiveness. It was gone. I agree. It was it was a brutal. I was just, I was so ready for this game to be over. Yeah, and so were they. Clearly, they just wanted to go home. They just, you know, yeah, packed that's, it up. That's a New York road trip for two points. Yeah, which is unfortunate, especially Ouch. the way that we played against uh, the Devils. Yeah, and the game before that. Yeah, against yeah St. Louis, Saint just Louis. crushing St. Louis. Like we played two really good games. And really offensive games, two games in a row. Into yeah, four goals in two games, but getting shut or sorry, three goals in two games and getting shut out by the Islanders. Not not good. The inconsistency is slowly creeping in once again. Yeah. I don't know I don't even know if it's ever been gone realistically. That's true. That's true. Over the last like pretty much since December, start of December. Yeah. Uh, luckily for the Avs, they get to go home and play Pittsburgh at the Pepsi Center on Friday. And we get a nice, long home Long stand. weekend uh, also. No yeah. hockey games Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. Yeah, which is not very Kinda often weird. this year. Yeah, very weird. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Pittsburgh, nice five-game homestand before the break. Yeah. Where if you haven't voted yet, you better vote for Kale McCarr to play in the All-Star game. Get Kale in there. I mean, he could probably use the days off, but I think they still have like. I mean, he's a young dude; he can deal. Well, they still <laughs> have what four or sorry, twelve days. Yeah, exactly. so it'd be like he'd have like a four day break and then a five day break after the All Star break. He'd be fine. Yeah, he's young; he can he can deal. Uh, but yeah, so Pittsburgh's on tap. I think Crosby might actually be back for that game. Right, I was hearing. He's, very close to returning, so that could be a very That'd be spicy meatball if he's back. Uh, I can't remember if we mentioned it, but Jake Gensel's out for the mm-hmm. year with his little shoulder issue. I don't know if you, anybody saw that, but if you didn't, that is a gnarly injury that you might yeah. want to look up. Uh, yeah, that's super unfortunate for him, too. He's coming off like a just a crazy start to the year. Yeah. I remember seeing that stat that he was leading was he leading or no? I think he was third in goals in 2019. Oh yeah, I did see that in one. The calendar yeah, that's crazy, year, which is insane. He was ahead of Patrick Kane. It's like wow. So dude's been putting up the numbers, and that's pretty unfortunate for the injury blasted Penguins. But yeah, that's the other thing. They've been injury prone, and it's not even the normal guys. Like it's not Latang. Yeah, Latang. <laughs> I think Schultz has only been injured a bit. Yeah, which it's normally <laughs> both of them, right? But that being said, it's not going to be an easy game. Definitely not. And, you know, we got to really just put it all out there on this game because look at, look at all the time we have. We have all this time to practice our PK on the in the practice, you know, get, get everything polished up here and really just come up flying in this game. We got the whole weekend off, like you said, and then we're back uh, against Dallas on Tuesday. So, you know, you got time here. And the tight or the standings have tightened up. That's the other thing I was looking at. Dallas is two points behind us now, and they got two games in hand. This is our slow period of the season. Like we do not play that much in the next month, so we got to make every game really count here because they're nipping at our heels. There was a, a time this year where we were the fourth team to fifty points. We're at fifty-four points right now. It's it's been a while since that. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> it feels like forever ago. Yeah. So, you know, this league waits for no one. Three, six, and one over our last ten. Yeah. Also, we can do better. Not good. We can do better. 
that being said, that's enough of us. Uh, again, vote for Kale. Uh, thanks for participating in our giveaway. Uh, winner is posted on Twitter. Yes, yes, yes. We have contacted the winner at this point. So keep an eye out in your DMs. Yeah, keep an eye out and uh, probably see another giveaway starting in February. Yeah. Again, thanks for listening, and uh, we hope you enjoyed. We will see you guys on Monday. Don't forget to visit us on Twitter at Offside by a Mile to join our conversation and have your voice heard. Also, check out the rest of the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet and the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You can listen to the podcast there or anywhere you get your podcasts from. The biggest thing you can do to support us is by going to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and giving us a five-star rating. Also, if you're looking to donate to the network, visit the Hockey Podcast Network's Patreon page. All donations go straight to the podcast host. Thanks, and see you next episode. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.